Welcome to the Hey Boomer podcast, the show that inspires listeners to know that they are never too old to set another goal or dream a new dream. Each week, we have extraordinary guests, thought leaders, and active, engaged people who share their insights with us. This week, I'm speaking with Denise Michaels. Denise is a book coach and ghostwriter. And if you ever thought about writing a book, you're going to want to listen to this conversation. It was active, very engaging, lots of questions from the audience, uh, lots of great stories from Denise. I think you're really going to enjoy it. Thank you for joining us today. My name is Wendy Green, and I am your host for Hey Boomer. Hello, Hey Boomer listeners. I have posted in the chat to say hello, tell us where you are. We always love to see you and see who's joining our show. Today, we're going to talk about books, Mm -hmm. specifically about book writing. And I'm just curious, another request to put, put something in the chat. How many books are you all currently reading right now? I have one fiction book on my nightstand that I read at night, uh, sometimes during the day, but it's called A Gentleman in Moscow. Really good book. I would highly recommend it. And then I have about five other books going. Um, Some of them are business books. Some of them are books by authors who will be on our show uh, later in the season. Uh, Some of them are personal development books. It seems like there's always something to read. And whenever I can grab a few minutes, whether it's in the morning with coffee or whether it is at lunch or just a couple of minutes here and there during the day, I'm always looking to pick up a book. So have you ever wondered what it takes to write a book and then get it out of your head and all the way through production and into publishing? I have no idea, but our guest today, Denise Michaels, is a book coach and ghostwriter, and she knows all the ins and outs of that. So you are going to meet her and learn about that, and if you are inspired to write a book, she is going to give us all kinds of insights and possibly be someone you'd want to work with. Uh, Just a couple other things. Uh, Greenville which is where Hey Boomer comes to you live. Uh, Greenville has just earned the infamous, I guess is the right word, um, number of being, having the highest numbers of COVID cases um, uh, of cities that are a mid-sized city. And we are number two in the number of positive tests for mid-sized cities right behind Provo, Utah. So please, please wear your mask, social distance. The vaccines are slowly rolling out and hopefully by spring or at least by summer, we will all be able to socialize again in person. Uh, One other thing, the reason for Hey Boomer's existence is really to inspire to motivate, to help us all remember that we have so much left to give, we are not done. And so I just wanted to give you a little bit of good news so that we are all in the right mindset for that. 
Um, first of all, I want to let you know, I'm taking a fabulous course. It's called The Fearless Leader. Kathy McAfee is our guide. Um, if any of you want to think about leading yourselves or leading your business, it's a great resource. I also wanted to uh, let you know that there are a couple of um, good, good Facebook pages and websites that may be very helpful if you uh, need a little uplift. One of them, I think a lot of you already know about, that's the Unintended Positives Facebook page. We had Matt as one of our guests. And the other one, I don't know if you have seen it yet, it's um, a website and Facebook page called Some Good News. John Krasinski is kind of the founder of that, but it is similar to Unintended Positives and that people just keep writing about good stuff and good news and good things that are happening. So it's a very uplifting. Uh, don't forget that Hey Boomer is now available on all of the major podcast channels. So if you are unable to listen live at any, on any Monday, or if you have friends that are still working and unable to listen live, you can either point them to the recordings on the Facebook page or on YouTube, or you can point them to the podcast and they can download the podcast and listen while they exercise or clean the house or whatever it is, whenever they listen to podcasts. Everybody is giving wonderful comments, lots of books, reading going on. Cool, I'm not the only one that reads more than one book at a time. <laughs> so Denise, let me unmute you. Uh, unmute. Welcome Thank to the you. show. Thank you. I only read one book at one at a time. Only one at a time. Well, I, you know, I can't, I, I can't include my clients' books. I'm just <laughs> saying, like books that I'm reading for me. You know, when you add my clients into it, it's a lot more than that. Yeah, so. good point. Right, you have way more books going at one time. Yeah. Well, let me introduce do your introduction. Okay. So Denise Michaels is coming to us from Las Vegas. <laughs> And she is a, I know, right? High roller. She is a book visionary. She's a coach and a ghostwriter, as I mentioned, and she helps people create books that make readers' lives better and authors are proud to share for years to come. Her clients span the globe and she's soon going to launch an online video program. It's out there in the world now, Denise, so we're going to be looking for that. <laughs> she crystallizes what's changing in the world combined with your expertise and passion in a book that positions you as an influential leader. Denise has worked with mega best-selling authors as a trainer, speaker, and coach. She has also helped many people become best-selling authors. Clients who take her straight shooting, compassionate advice, get support, expertise, and hands-on guidance. So Denise, I am really looking forward to hearing some of your straight shooting, compassionate advice. 
It, it will be straight shooting and compassionate. <laughs> I promise you that. And and Beth, she says her maiden name is Michaels. Nice to meet you. Aww. Nice to meet you too. This is my first time using StreamYard, so I don't know how to you know reply to a comment there. But anyway, I am looking at them here. So yeah, um, and I will as questions come in, I will share them with you. And yeah, so it is. It's fun to it's fun to watch the comments though. I yeah. love that. So. Y'all see my I'm hey ready whenever you are. Okay. Here, here, you got your Hey Boomer mug. I have a friend of mine got me two mugs like this last year and an apron, you know, like a butcher apron. And it said, um, you know, Denise's Kitchen, the tastiest food in Las Vegas. Oh, how cute. I love I that. That is very clever. Yes. Well, next show, we'll have to talk about what you cook. <laughs> I make a really great chili. And I yeah. make a great eggplant parmesan. So Ooh, love that. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So let's talk about book writing. Absolutely. Can you take me from where you started, which was in marketing and training? Is that right? Right. To how you became a book coach and ghostwriter. Well, you know, to tell you the full story, Wendy, I have to go back even farther than that, because um, as a kid, I always loved writing. I took every writing class I possibly could in high school, writing on the school paper and advanced creative writing. And I, I won awards for my writing in journalism and in poetry. And um, in college, I started majoring in journalism uh, with the English minor. And then I added business marketing because I thought, well, that would be really practical, you know. And um, so anyway, so it started with that being an advertising copywriter outside of college, market research, um, you know, anywhere where I could write. I didn't care if I was writing a report or, you know, a, a you know, selling T-shirts for Kmart or whatever it was. It's like, I just wanted to write, right? Yeah. So anyway, um, in 1999, I went to work for a guy who was a mega best-selling author. And at that point in my life, I'd already had a taste of, um, you know, doing a lot of public speaking um, at like local networking groups and things of that nature. I had written a novel, which I had a um, agent that was interested in it, but I wasn't ready yet. And it kind of weirded me out that there were two typos in his letter to me. So I'm like, I don't know, maybe this is a scam, you know? So anyway, but I started working for this guy who was like a mega best-selling author. And I didn't start as a trainer, but within about a year and a half after getting his comeback book, which he hadn't had a book out there for like 14 years, um, getting it on the New York Times bestseller list through all the PR activities I did. Um, it was, um, you know, then I became a marketing trainer. And one of the things that he recommended people do as a way to create income is write a book. Because when you write a book, it you know, nonfiction book, it positions you as an expert or an authority, and you're likely to get more speaking engagements, coaching clients, you know, it just kind of elevates your stature. So anyway, I told him, I, you know, one of the things that he used to do is take people to the New York Book Expo, which happens right around Memorial Day at the Jacob Javits Center. I've been to it a few times. It was canceled last year because of COVID. Um, and I, you know, I said, you know what, you're, you're telling people to go to this thing, but they have no preparation. And the minute they go up to a publisher, they're saying, where's your book proposal? 
So he goes, okay, create a class on how to write a book proposal. And I hadn't written one myself. <laughs> I was like halfway through writing my own book. So I got like a dozen books on how to write book proposals. And I created a class and of course did my own and everything. And uh, it, in uh, late 2005, I finished my own book and finally decided it's time to go out on my own, you know, and so the book that I wrote was about marketing for women's small business owners. So I did a lot of, you know, marketing, training, coaching, speaking in that arena, and the book did exactly what he had experienced for all these years, was that it made me more recognizable, it made me more well-known and everything. And then the funniest thing happened a couple of years after that book came out, people started asking me how to write a book. And I thought, this is really weird because I've never said that I help people with books, but I was having a ball doing it. And this was around, I think, 2008 when the economy was tanking and everything. And I thought, well, this is just a fluke, you know, so I kept doing the marketing coaching. And then I did add a page to my website about that. And I started a group, which I still have to this day for writers on Facebook. And people approached me with about it. One woman approached me and she said, I see you coach people and help them to become book authors. Would you consider doing it in a group rather than just one at a time? I said, well, help me put together the first group and I will do that, you know, and she helped me put together the first three groups, you know, so anyway, I did that for about the first year and a half and I thought, you know what, this has, this has some staying power, you know, and so that's what I started doing, um, you know, and, and kind of left the marketing training. I felt like, okay, I've done it, but I mean, it did bring me business for like eight years having that book out there on marketing. Um, and, um, then as far as the ghost writing, I had someone on LinkedIn who came to me and said, I want your help writing a book said, I've already written five chapters. It's on real estate investing. I said, great. Why don't you send it to me? I'll take a look and see, you know, what I think you need and how I can help and everything. Well, what he called five chapters, Wendy was seven pages long. Half of it was columns of numbers and the writing oh, no. was a hot mess, you know, and oh. I called him back. He was such a nice guy. I said, well, maybe I could just write the book for you. He goes, you could do that. I said, yeah, it's called ghostwriting. <laughs> you know, I said, you'd be my first, but I said, you know, I'm confident I can do it. And he goes, when can we get started? And so that started, you know, my first ghostwriting book. And within a month I had like two more clients I was ghostwriting books for. And I've been just doing it ever since so anyway that's the whole soggy saga <laughs> yeah no so and through that saga you mentioned a couple of things you mentioned your Facebook group and the book you wrote can you share with us the names of those sure sure my Facebook group is called writers of nonfiction okay. um, I think there's another book on Facebook by the same name mine is the one that has 5700 members um, wow. and yeah, that's, it's been now, it'll be nine years in April since I started it. And I turn down more people than I accept, you know, for the group because I so want it's a, that's something you have to join. Yeah, you have to join and you got to be approved and, you know, all that. Um, and then what was the other half? Of, oh, my book. Okay. Oh. Uh, well, it's out of print now, but it was caught titled Testosterone Free Marketing, The Yin and Yang of Marketing for Women. Um, the title, because it was controversial and kind of in your face, got me a lot of PR coverage and, and was um, a lot of fun. 
So anyway, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. It's out of print. That sounds like yeah. it would be good. It was, well, people keep telling me, Denise, you need to rewrite it, you know, because like, I would say 90% of it is still pretty valid. But I mean, when I published it, it was like pre-Facebook, you oh, know? Oh, yeah. So, yeah, so you, you know, update it. I mean, I was on social media already. I, you know, I got in social media when they, back when they called it user groups, but I would have to, you know, go through and update some things. And I'm so busy with my clients. I just, I haven't done it. So, yeah, well, it makes sense. So Denise, I've never written a book as you know, but yes. I, I have lots of ideas in my head. Right? Okay. Okay. And every time I start to think about actually putting them down on paper and writing a book, these fears come up, you know, like, sure. well, I don't really have enough to say, or, you know, well, there's other people that have already said that, or, well, who's going to want to hear from me? So I'm sure your clients come to you with some fears like that or other fears. How, what have you heard that people are afraid of when they think about writing a book? Oh my gosh, we could talk all day about this, um, all kinds of things. And the funny thing is, is that the majority of the time, the fears don't come up until they've already become a client and we've been working together for a while. You know, um, a lot of them have a fear, like I'm going to go through all this work and I'm never going to get the thing published. Okay. I very rarely get a fear of, I don't know if I have enough to say. Um, I would say anybody who's a boomer, you probably have at least 10 books in you. You know, maybe they're on different topics. But hey, we have lived. It's funny when I talk to people that go, wow, you have a lot of experience. I say, well, I've been around a while. <laughs> so um, anyway, but yeah, a lot of fears come up. I, I get people who are afraid if they tell the truth about a certain person that's mm -hmm. in the book, whether it's a family member or an ex-boss or whatever, they're going to get sued, oh, you know, yeah. right? I get that fear. Um, but a lot of it is around the, you know, am I good enough? Um, you know, who the heck, clean up my language, who the heck do I think I am? You know, um, it, yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a lot of that. And so, so how do you work with them? How do you help them overcome those fears? Well, first is about listening. You know, I mean, it's really about listening. And by asking questions, a lot of people call me the amateur psychologist because I'm good at really helping people listen. Well, and then what would happen? And then what would happen? And then what would happen? You know, and really getting down to the point where they realize their, fa their fears are pretty baseless and or coming up with answers to their fears. Oh, here's how you handle it right here you know, and then they go, oh, okay. And, you know, one of the things that I, that I say is that there are, when it comes to writing a book, there are answers to all your questions, every single one of them. You just don't know what they are yet because you don't have the experience. Um, the other thing I tell every client to do um, at some point in time while they're, you know, I'm working, helping them with their book is to go into a bookstore like a Barnes and Noble, or if you're from Canada chapters or whatever, and, you know, you kind of like look almost like you're in a meditative state, look at all the rows and racks of books and everything and say this little mantra in your head. It's not humanly possible that every author here is better or smarter than me. Oh, I love that. It's not humanly possible that every 
author is better or smarter than me. So, yes, that's awesome. Yeah. So, so let's talk about ghostwriting. June asks how ghostwriting is different from involved editing. Basically, how do you get the information from your client? And then I would add, and how do you put it authentically into their voice? Okay. Um, you know what? I've never heard of the term involved editing. Um, usually the term that's used with an editor that does a lot of stuff with your book is comprehensive editing, you know? So, um, June, if you want to write down, you know, what you described, um, involved editing to be, you know, I'll, I'll have a little bit better grasp of that. Um, but I'll, I'll just say what I, what my process is. Talk when about ghostwriting. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, the main reason why people want a ghostwriter is because they hate to write and or they're really lousy at writing or both okay so like if you like to write you're probably not likely to have a ghostwriter do your book unless you're a person who's so incredibly busy like a ceo of a corporation or you know whatever that you absolutely don't have time okay so my process what i do is the first thing i do and and i meet with people online almost like we're doing here but maybe on zoom or skype or facebook or whatever is um we meet and i go through the same foundational exercises with them as i do with a book coaching client in other words we're, we're first going to sort out who is your ideal book reader uh what are their core values what are the problems they want your book to help them solve right um what other books are out there that are similar how is your book going to be different or better there's a lot of that okay and at the end of that I create a book outline and we go through it and make sure I have buy-in from them. In other words, you know, yeah, that makes sense. Okay, no, let's move this around or whatever. Now we've got that. Okay, then what I do is each time I meet with them, which for a book coaching client is typically about every week to 10 days, I interview them about the particular topic. Okay, now I don't ghostwrite fiction only nonfiction. And most of the time, my clients are people who have at least 10 years of experience in their arena. So it's their expertise that's coming across. So I'm learning about their terms and vocabulary and using it, which is how I make it sound in their voice you know, is because I'm using that. So, you know, I interview them, I pull stuff out. And what ends up happening very often is they're saying, wow, number one, they always say, wow, you ask really good questions. And number two is like, wow, you're making me think about things that I used to do and I haven't done in the last few years. I should start doing this again. Mm -hmm. You know, whether it's a business strategy or whatever it is. Um, and then I write the chapter and I submit it to them and they come back. And most of the time they say, I love it. Sometimes they say, I love it, but, you know, go to page eight and I want you to change this little thing. Um, and then we go to the next one and the next one and the next one until we have a finished book. Typically, it takes me about six months to ghostwrite a book. To ghostwrite a book. So, yeah. and so in all of that questioning, you're learning some of their personal stories that you would want to put into the book to make it more interesting and personalized. Sure, sure. Huh. Sure. And and the other thing is, is like, they don't always volunteer the personal stories. Uh -huh. You know, it's like, sometimes I got to pull it out of them, you know, or, or sometimes we'll say, well, you know, how about a client of yours? 
you know, let's think about your clients who went through this experience because, or a friend who went through this experience because, and I can change their name and the city they live in and stuff like this. So, you know, we're not identifying the person or anything. Um, because if you know this knowledge, you have to know it through some experience, right? So is it your own experience you learned it from or the experience of working with and helping others? Does that make hmm. sense? It does. Yeah, that's really interesting. And so when, so what is different then about ghostwriting and as opposed to working with a coaching client who's going to write? Okay. So it's a good question. All right. With most of the time people start, you know, flip it and they ask me about coaching first and then ghostwriting, you know, <laughs> but at any rate, um, coaching, I go through the same process as far as the, um, the foundation of the book, you know, asking all these questions about who's your ideal book reader and what are the problems the book is going to solve and why do they need it and why are you the best person to write it? And, you know, they go through all of that, except they're doing it. You know, in other words, when it's time for the competitive analysis, they get all the instruction from me on how to do it. And then they go off to Barnes and Noble or chapters or whatever, and then, you know, research on Amazon and they do it. And then they submit it to me the day before we're uh, meeting again. And I go through it beforehand and everything and make suggestions and how to tidy it up and all this. Um, but they, you know, they're writing their own book chapters. I serve as their editor and I go through all the edits with them to make sure that they understand how it makes sense, why I changed something. Um, my, my hope is that once they go through book coaching with me, they become a better writer through the process. Mm -hmm. um, and then once they get to the point where they're kind of understanding the edits and why I do certain things, then what I like to do is kind of brainstorm the next chapter with them. You know, what chapter mm -hmm. are you thinking you're going to write next? Well, chapter eight. Okay. What's chapter eight? They tell me. Okay. And what are you, how are you thinking or feeling about that chapter right now? Well, what if you did this? Well, do you know of a story that you could include about this? How do you think you might like to open the chapter? Ooh, how about right there? I like that right there. Why don't you start your chapter with that? Ooh, okay. I didn't think about that before, you know? So it's this very collaborative process, you know? And then, like I say, I'm, I'm their editor as well. Well, so. it sounds very motivating the way you went through that. You know, I could just see myself talking to you about, well, I was thinking about this and that and going and then you suddenly going, oh, yeah, that sounds great. Do that. That's a good, you know, I think you would be very motivating too to the writer. I'm, I'm looking at something Kathy said, sometimes with an author is too close to the content. A ghostwriter is helpful in shaping the content into book form and can help you stay on track and timeline. Um, you're absolutely right. And you can get the same thing with book coaching. You can get that sort of objective perspective about it. And, um, and yet, you know, there are, there are a lot of people who like to write, they just don't know how to write a book. Mm -hmm. You know, um, the, the question that I always ask Wendy, which is sort of like my drop dead, you know, how to separate the men from the boys question is, I say, do you like to write or would you rather stick knitting needles in your eyeballs? Right. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and everybody laughs. Right. And then they go, well, 
you know, figuratively speaking, I'll take the knitting needles. You know? yeah. <laughs> okay, let's not talk about coaching. Let's talk about ghostwriting for you. You know. So how many times do you work with a coaching client and then, you know, they get started halfway through, they go, oh my gosh, I just can't do this anymore. So far in, I've been doing this for about eight years now. So far it's happened twice. Really? Yeah. Do they do they stay on schedule because of their accountability with you? Um, you know what? I, I have had people where they've had to take a break for maybe a couple months for medical reasons. Mm. Um, last year, I had like three people get married in the same year. And, you know, they wanted to take time off like the week, week and a half beforehand and for maybe a month afterwards for their honeymoon and stuff like that. Um, I had a client last year who his wife had a very complicated pregnancy and she was on bed rest in the hospital for three months and he couldn't visit her because of COVID and everything like that. So, you know, it was like, you know, if you want to take a break, we can do that, you know, and then we'll get started again. So I, you know, I have had that happen, but most of the time they keep going. And I, I, I think what most of my clients say is there's an accountability knowing Denise is expecting a chapter from me by this day. And right. doggone it, I am paying her. <laughs> you know, I'm going right. to get it in, right? I think that so, would help. Yeah. yeah. I think but I, but I do get emails from people. I mean, you know, I, I do like to hold people accountable. I am very straight up. But I also recognize, I mean, we're all busy. We're all living lives, right? Whether people have, you know, careers or kids or husbands or whatever they have. And so if somebody, you know, I have one client right now, she's writing about um, caretaking of um, Alzheimer's and dementia patients. And she's on like her third one, you know, both her parents had it and eventually passed away of it. Now it's her husband. And, you know, her husband, like a couple of weeks ago was like in the hospital over the weekend because he like stepped off of something and broke his leg. And, you know, she's like, Denise, can I have an extra week to work? Of, of course. Of right. course. Yeah. You know, yeah. right. But they, they, but they oh. feel accountable. So we have a couple of questions coming in. Yeah. And yeah. I, actually, I, before we get to them, this ties in the types of books you specialize in nonfiction um, and, and about any like Alzheimer's to finance to well any anything that falls in the category of helping the reader to live a better life. Okay. Oh, so like a memoir. Wrong. Yeah. A memoir might be cons is considered nonfiction because it's a story about somebody's life. Right. But memoirs are like the slowest selling book category. So I usually try to talk people if they're like the coach, therapist, corporate trainer, that kind of person who wants the expertise thing. Um, you know, I try to talk them out of writing a memoir and say, well, what if we weave some ideas and strategies in with your story? Oh, that's what I really want. Okay, great. You know, right. I love Anne. Anne is one of my clients. Denise's process work. She is my coach. I'm on chapter five. Thank you, Anne. Thank and you. I love you right back. Yes. And Anne is one of my friends. So I'm glad yes. you guys are working yes. together. Kathy yes. says, what are your thoughts on co-authoring a book with another expert or author? Okay. One person said, have you ever fired a client? 
Well, that's, we're coming to that one too. Okay. All right. Uh, I'm sorry. What was the one you read that must have <laughs> moved up? Yeah. Moved up. What are your thoughts on co-authoring a book with another expert or author? Um, co-authoring, like I'm the co-author or they're, they have two people together. I'm not sure. I believe she's, uh, we can get her to clarify, but I believe she means co-authoring with somebody else. You co-authoring with somebody else, but I'm not sure. Okay. All right. I would say twice I've had people come to me and they were going to be co-authors on the book, but one person was mostly writing it and the other person kind of had veto power. And that sucks because they're not in on the meetings. They don't know what we discuss and what comes up and everything. And so, you know, the, the client takes all this time to write a chapter and I take several hours to edit it. And then the, the co-author says, no, I wanted you to write about this over here, da, 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 you know? And so it's like, if both people are in on the meetings and both people are working on the chapters together, or they're divvying them up like, you know, I'm going to take these five chapters and you take these five chapters, you know, then it can work. But if you have one person who's a co-author who really isn't in on the process, I have learned, don't do it. <laughs> so I've learned, stay away, you know. All right, so, good, good. Anyway. Yeah, so Kathy's question about firing her client. She says, for example, a would-be author who doesn't do the work, doesn't hit the deadline, steals other people's content. The only client um, I ever fired before, this was supposed to be a ghostwriting thing. And I had just gone through the foundational process and I wrote one chapter. And then I was leaving on a trip. I was going to be gone for three weeks. I was going on a cruise from Florida to Barcelona. And, you know, it's a really great trip. Anyway, my flight got delayed and everything. And I'm at the airport and I'm looking at an email he sent me. And he's like, we should be on the phone together every day. And that it was all of a sudden, like, he's wanting to rule my life, mm -hmm. right? You shouldn't have any other clients besides me, you know, like, I was like, Oh my goodness. And I wrote him an email and I, I said, I'm sorry, this isn't going to work. I PayPal'd him back the deposit he had made to me and everything. And I said, I wish you well. And the last time I checked, um, he never, he never did the book, never did it. So anyway, so that's sorry. Just, that's sorry. just one client in what, 10, 12 years. So that's not yeah. bad. That's yeah. Not bad. yeah, no, I'm, you know, I'm pretty amenable to people. And the thing is, when people pay you for something, they're usually pretty good about, at least my experience has been, they're pretty good about getting the work done and, you know, being on top of it. And, and typically the people I'm dealing with, they're pretty professional people, you know, mm -hmm. and, and also, I, I mean, I'm, I'm realistic. I mean, I'm a taskmaster with the whip, you know, but, <laughs> but on the other hand, like Anne or other clients would tell you that I'll say, you know, when do you think is a realistic time for you, time frame for you to complete this next chapter? You know, and I might push them because if they told me originally, like, I want to finish this book in three months or something, and they're lagging two weeks in between appointments, it's like, well, that's not going to happen. Now, mm -hmm. if they're okay with that, fine. But 
Um, at any rate, I, you know, I usually will ask, you know, what do you think is a realistic time frame given your schedule, your commitments, everything else? So they are the one that's committing to it, yeah. not me. I'm just holding them accountable to it. There you so. go. Yeah, good coach. So June says, do you get them an agent or are you able to place their book with a publisher? How does that normally work? That's a whole different kettle of fish. And so I help them get their book done. Now, when I have spare time with people, like let's say I spend 45 minutes with a client going through everything, having their book, having to do with their book. And I'll say, you know what? We got 15 minutes left. Let's talk about publishing. You know, let's talk about brainstorming a book title for you. Let's talk about what you can do now when you're a few months away to start getting the word out that your book is coming right? So I will do those things. And I like to make sure by the time they're done that they have their marching orders and they know what to do, but I am not a publisher. And, you know, people asked me when I was early in the game on this, oh, are you a publisher too? And I thought, well, maybe I should start a publishing arm. And then I looked up what do publishers actually spend their time doing? And I was like, no, I don't want to. I don't want to do that. Now I can talk to people about the publishing process. I will tell you, cause you know, I've been through it, but I will tell you the vast majority of people um, self-publish in this day and age because really mainstream publishers, they want people who already have a pretty big, uh, what they call platform. Platform means you've got a lot of fans and a lot of followers you know, and the average person does not have that, you yeah. know, um, and it, why? Because you're doing the book so that you can gain the followers, right? right. It's like a chicken or the egg conundrum, you know, yeah. I have one client right now, she's in Switzerland and she came to me and said, I have a uh, literary agent who's interested in a book from me. And so I got to get it done. Can you help me? Right. So she already had that lined up you know, when she came to me and uh, I've had other people like that too. You know, I got a publisher, they want a book for me. You know, they said it would be great. I think it would be great. I don't know how to do it. (laughs) (laughs) I just know stuff. (laughs) I just know stuff. Yeah. Well, you know, when you get to be a boomer, I mean, we do know stuff. We do know stuff. No, we do have to give, give ourselves credit. I mean, I had a, I had a previous client uh, get back in touch with me last week. And he said, are you ready to do another one for me? You know, nice. and his book uh, that I did for him a couple of years ago, his expertise is in HR, human resources and business. And his clients are little companies like Walmart and Home Depot and stuff like that. Nice. And he never cared about getting on the bestseller list. He only wanted his book so that it establishes him as an expert and everything. And so he, he has this great sense of humor and wrote about having a bad boss, you know, and an insane boss, you know. So on his website, he has his page that says, do you have an insane boss? Send him a copy of my book anonymously, you know. So <laughs> Anyway, right. So, you know, but what he does is when somebody sends a copy of the book anonymously to the boss, he looks up the boss and contacts him a couple weeks later. Right. And, and says, uh, oh, did you get a copy of this book? Well, he, um, 
he got a, um, a order for a book, which he sent to the CEO, Fortune 500 company. Every one of us would recognize it. it's a household name, you know. So he calls a guy a couple of weeks later, and he's the guy. The CEO says, "I thought that's just horrible that they would send that. I want to know right away who did this, you know, <laughs> right?" Well, within uh, within like a couple of weeks, he had turned the situation around. They became a client of his for two hundred thousand dollars. I mean, do you honestly think he cares if he gets on the New York Times bestseller list or not? That's no, of course what, not. And that's what you want your books to do, like for open right. doors for you. That's awesome. That's that's, that's the whole idea. You so know? Barbara, no, what is what is Barbara, Barbara saying? Sorry. What's the hottest selling category of new books? Hottest selling category. It is not memoirs. Not <laughs> memoirs. You said not that. memoirs. And uh, nonfiction books sell twice as much as fiction. Um, they say that fiction writers are more interesting at cocktail parties, but nonfiction writers drive better cars. No. <laughs> um, I think there's going to be a lot of books come out about different aspects of COVID. You know, mm -hmm. I mean, this is just a guess on my part. I don't know. You know, I mean, but that's like a short lived thing. That's not going to be evergreen. I mean, hopefully by summertime, that's going to be like in the rear view mirror. But um, anything that really, you know, if you can find there's a lot of people who are interested in the topic. Let's say if you have a blog, for example. You know, and you're getting dozens of people who are liking or commenting on your blogs, you know, three times a week or once a week or whatever. And you're getting, you know, a lot of a following people of, of interest on it, then it's probably a good topic for a book. There are things that are perennial favorites. Okay. Um, cookbooks are favorites. Uh, mm -hmm. Personal growth books are awesome. Um, business books, whenever the economy goes, you know, south, like it's not so hot right now, it's, it's not as bad as the news would make you think it is, but, um, uh, it's not great. Then books about how to start your own business become very popular, but don't look at, um, what, what's a hot book. Cause I'll, what I'll do is I'll do a bunch of research and I'll read that book. No, think of lot. What are you passionate about what do you love talking with people about so much that if you were never paid a dime you would keep doing it mm -hmm. you know and there are a lot of people who are interested in it that's the topic that you write your book on okay so Anne is like talking us both up thank you yeah yeah Wendy was my first coach you helped me get the courage to take the step to contact me okay thank, <laughs> thank, thank you thank you for the referral yeah yeah and uh, then Kathy says, Denise, do you need, do we need to worry about trying to get distribution in store or is the print on demand internet driven distribution really the new game? Yes and no. Um, well, let's see. Um, distribution costs money and you should be aware that once you get a book on the shelf at a bookstore, um, that doesn't mean it comes off the shelf. You got to market it to do that. The majority of people in this day and age, they will go on Amazon 
Barnes and Noble, BookBaby, um, you know, these different, there's a lot of different book selling websites. Don't think Amazon is the only game in town. Um, and they, they go on there. And if they're, if they're really successful after maybe six months, then they start looking for distribution through in store. But it's so much less expensive to just start with ebooks or I'm sorry, like digital digital books. And right now, digital books are like 40, 40 something percent of the books sold are digital. The majority of people, when you talk to them, they say, oh, I really like holding, you know, like here, here we go. Here's a book. I really like, you know, you are a badass holding a book in my hand, right. And, and reading. And it's like, that's pleasurable, but I'm the kind of person where I buy so many books um, that like every two years I was taking a bunch of bankers boxes of them off to the goodwill, you know, and I don't like doing that anymore. So I've learned to adjust to reading it on the Kindle and especially with what I do right now, because one of the questions I'll ask my um, my, you know, clients is, you know, like what books in your category do you like? Or I'm looking at their competitive analysis, you know, and, and I buy some of those books, you know, and um, so it's like, if the only reason I'm buying it is to help a client, eh, it might not be one that deserves space on my limited space bookshelf. So yeah, yeah. anyway, I brand new ones, they're beautiful, but I can only, you know, handle so much. So well, this we have we have had a lot of interaction on this, so probably more oh, that's than cool. more than I usually have. So this is awesome, but um, we are getting close to time. So let me kind of wrap this up, and then we can share some of these questions with you offline, or I can. I, yeah, also, I got time. I got time. I can do that. I can also point people to your website. Yes. So if you want to reach Denise. You can go to her website, ibwguild.com. That's internationalbookwritersguild.com. And you can contact her that way with um, any additional questions that you might have that we weren't able to get to today. But I'm so, I'm so sorry. I mean, and I'm also so excited that people have been so excited about this topic. But I do have one closing question for you, Denise. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so I always end my interviews with a quote from C.S. Lewis, where oh, he okay. says, you are never too old to dream another dream or to set, a, to set another goal. So my question to you is, what are your dreams going forward for this next year? What are my dreams going forward? Okay. Oh, I want to travel again, yeah. you know? You know, um, that's, you know, travel is big on my list. You know, it, you know, it was really funny last year, my husband and I, we saw some really good rates to fly to China mm. and I really wanted to do it. And he's like, okay, are we going to buy these tickets or not? And I said, just let me get one new client and then we'll buy the tickets, you oh. know, and then COVID came up and it's like, yeah. well, we're not doing that this year. So anyway, so, so that yeah, I want to travel again. Huh? Is that going to be your first trip when you can travel again? Uh, maybe, maybe not. I don't know. We'll, we'll see what the flight, you know, the prices are on flights. Um, the other one is I've been working on a book for a while called, you know, in between with all my clients. It's called The Power of Trust. And, you know, with every, and 
And with everything that's happened with trust, with people like not being able to, oh, I don't trust anybody in government. Oh, I don't trust anybody anymore. You know, it's like, how do you gain trust in your world, in your business, in your whatever, when, um, you know, when nobody, when a lot of people don't trust people these days. That sounds like a great topic, Denise. Yeah. Yeah. I'll buy it. Okay, good. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you for so much information and for all of you who have given us so many great questions and people are saying it's a great topic. Yay. We hit a home run. And I I love all the questions. So I know. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. Um, Also, I just wanted to let people know that you're graciously offering a discovery session with you. So that's kind of like, let's talk about your book idea and, you know. Yeah. So if anybody's interested in that, you know, drop me an email, wendy at heyboomer.biz, and um, I'll get those over to Denise and you guys can set that up, which is exciting. I'm going to see a lot of books out of this group, I think. I think you're right. I think you're right. And interestingly, next week, we move from book writing to storytelling. Oh, cool. I know. So my coach next week, my coach next week, my guest next week is a storytelling coach. And her stories also apply to business. And so how do you market yourself? How do you package your products or your services in a storytelling way so that they're interesting and compelling and engaging and pull people in? Um, She has a boutique consulting firm that helps you communicate this value in an engaging sort of a way. So her name is Faye Fulton. Look for Faye. the Faye, the name. Faye Fulton. Oh, I, okay. Okay. I okay. thought, I, yeah. All right. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Okay. So as you can imagine, she's an excellent storyteller. She's been I'm doing sure. this most of her life. So this is definitely going to be another interesting show. Thank you all for joining me today. I will look for you to continue meeting with us next week to continue to learn, to dream, and to share. And I am forever grateful to all of you. And thank you, Denise. My name is Wendy Green, and this has been Hey Boomer.